0: Chapter 29 Never Ending Joy February 2018 Through the encouragement and financial backing of a close friend, I landed at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport in Texas. I had hoped the getaway would mean at least 70s and sunshine like I've visualized a winter in Texas to be, but instead, the forecast stayed in the 40s and freezing rain not the ideal mini vacation. A slow two-hour commute by public transit allowed me to take my first adult Texas experience before arriving at the International Hostel. Years ago, my family and I had tracked somewhere across Texas when we moved to Southern California, but now my 33-year-old mind could not recall any specific Texas memories from our trips out west. Faded memories of Cracker Barrel breakfasts and picnic lunches at rest stops was all I could recall. And this was definitely something different. Drenched by the rain, I walked inside to a 20-something entrepreneur welcoming me into the Lone Star State. My wet running shoes laid next to the door as I was led through the kitchen to a tiny room near the back pantry. A single twin-sized bed, space heater, and a 60-gallon water heater filled the room. I had four feet in which to place my belongings. For $20 a night, I thought the accommodations were well worth the price. Throughout my 20s and into my 30s, friends, especially those in steady relationships or married, have often asked what my hobbies are as a single man. A comment I often heard, you seem to be okay at it. At what? I often questioned for clarity. Oh, you know, being single. You really do need a hobby though. They would clarify as we awkwardly exchanged glances until the topic changed. I would try my best to be polite and mention different activities I enjoyed. Exercising, not totally true, eating, A little too true. Filling my time with side jobs to avoid loneliness. Well, kinda true, but none of those fueled my life. To the surprise of many, I could spend days in a prayer room, worshiping with praise or sitting in silence. This particular trip to Dallas filled this passion. Five days to spend time with Jesus in a space away from any distractions. Each day, I sat in a gray cushioned chair in a makeshift warehouse turned into a church named Upper Room. The worship leaders each led two-hour sets with scripture reading laced throughout their sets. Jesus' presence would always be my home. Wednesday and Thursday, I sat and cried in the prayer room. Not out of desperation or an unrestrained emotional meltdown, I cried because of the deep realization of the Father's love for me. The depth and width of which can never be discovered because his love had no boundaries. In my tears, I felt his presence close like my friend placing her hand on me on Mount Tabor in Israel. Each hour I spent with him, I felt years of pain being lifted off a new clarity of thoughts and emotions i thought i had lost in my late teen years this was love on friday evening i arrived to the prayer room with the anticipation of something new weight simply lifted as i gazed at jesus there would always be life events to work through but tonight i knew it would be about him and me in most church services I tend to be the person who stands in the back looking at what the spiritual climate is and may be someone to pray for. To be honest, hiding in my back has stifled my own spiritual growth and prevented a spiritual breakthrough in those services. Tonight would be different. I pushed my rain-soaked shoes underneath one of the chairs. I confidently walked onto the carpet laying in front of the stage as the worship leaders played out their songs. In confidence, I flung my arms up and down, spinning in circles and shouting Jesus' name at the top of my lungs. If the cynical side of me could look at me in third person, I would question my own motives. But in this moment, I could not deny the joy coming out from my soul. During a less energetic moment, a complete stranger with dirty blonde hair walked up to me, leaning close to my ear to tell me something. I keep seeing the joy of the Lord all over you. It is like gold shining all over your face. Your presence changes the atmosphere because Christ is in you, the male voice stated. My eyes opened to smile at the young man giving me the prophetic word. And without permission, I pulled him in for a hug. We went on back to our dancing. The Lord whispered to me, Remember what this weekend is about. I pulled out my cell phone to check the date. Five years ago, on this exact weekend, I almost went to the emergency department to get back antipsychotic psychotic medication. Five years ago, I drove to Wilmore, Kentucky to have Travis and 20 strangers pray over me and chant, clean slate, Nate, when the night was over. Five years ago, From that weekend, the Lord reminded me I was not the man recovering from suicide and oppression anymore. Joy, deep joy, never-ending joy had come, and no one could take that away from me. Full freedom had arrived. Pain does not have to last forever. My spirit jumped back into full praise mode until my entire outfit dripped in sweat I spontaneously laughed because of the joy of the Lord. I cried because of his goodness. I sing out of adoration, not pain. I could never deny what had been overcome. A decade worth of pain completely gone. There was no turning back now. The father gave me a simple picture to capture the entire weekend. A burnt red 1960s Chevy pickup truck hidden beneath two oak trees leaves had fallen onto his hood as if it hadn't been driven in a few weeks still the mint condition made me realize the owner took great care of the vehicle my fingers traced the outside of the truck as i wondered if i could take it for a ride the spirit whispered for me to get in and to take it for a spin with excitement i jumped into the driver's seat and slammed the door Jesus patiently waited in the passenger seat for something to happen. I looked at him waiting for verbal instructions from his lips as what to do. I raised my eyebrows at Jesus as he humored me and did the same. I leaned in close waiting for some type of response until I could hear his spirit say, You know my voice. You know my heart. Just step on the gas and listen to me guide you. Jesus winked at me, and without using words, gave me permission to do what I heard from him. I grabbed the steering wheel with both hands and slowly pushed down the gas pedal. The pickup truck crept forward enough to cause a slight breeze to brush off the fallen leaves, exposing the shiny paint job. Turn right. I looked over at Jesus, who kept his face forward and smiled. Losing all self-control, I yanked the steering wheel now to veer right until Jesus took one hand, redirecting the truck from slamming it into a tree. Turn right, Nate. Not sharp right. Don't kill us. Just right. Jesus and I made eye contact. Without moving his lips, his eyes reminded me how deeply I knew him and how much I want to know him even more. Confidently, I turned my head forward, steering the truck to the spirit's directions out of the woods, through the valley, and onto a coastal highway. With the windows down, we continued to drive. The jagged rock formations broke the powerful waves as a gust of wind covered us in its chilly salt water air. I turned on my left blinker and pulled over to the scenic overlook. Jesus and I watched the sunset over the Pacific. He squeezed my hand as the sky changed from one color to the next, all the while mixing with hundreds of others I had never seen before. Jesus looked over at me to remind me of his great love for me. More importantly, the adventure he and I would go on together. The following day, I packed my mustard-colored backpack and made my way back to the bluegrass state. On this trip, I learned I did not have to hide away in the back of the church anymore. I shedded off fake humility for a passionate heart towards a savior. Jesus affirmed I could confidently listen to his voice. More importantly, I finally learned not to be fearful at the spiritual battles ahead. After years of fighting, I understood what it meant to have complete joy. Never-ending joy.